my name is Dana Shapiro from Champaign on Rio, and you are listening to Camille's Demi Hour on 89.5 Nantucket's NPR station. Champaign on Rio is excited to be the summer sponsor, and we are honored to be a part of this island community and this new food-focused program. We look forward to sharing our delicious champagnes with all of you on this beautiful island. Enjoy the show and cheers. Don't forget, a glass of champagne makes everything better. Good morning. Thank you for listening. This is Camille's Demi Hour on Nantucket's NPR station 89.5, where we talk all goodies here in food and wine and farming on Nantucket Island. And in the studio today, we have Chef Neil Hudson from Bartlett Farm. And if you do not know Bartlett Farm, then I don't know what you're doing on Nantucket Island. (laughs) But it's lovely to have him in the studio today. We're actually going to cook in the studio, or not really cook, but prepare a small dish in the studio today for the first time. I had visited Neil over at Bartlett's Farm, and we were just discussing what we wanted to talk about on the show today, and we thought it'd be fun to actually put together a dish for all of you. Um, Neil is actually from Canada, and we would love to hear his story about how he came to Nantucket. Chef Neil, welcome. Thank you for having me. Good morning. Good morning. It's lovely to have you here. So yes, talk about your journey to Nantucket. That's always a good start. Okay. I was working in Toronto as a sous chef, and I was looking for something different, wanted to travel a little bit. So I went on to a chef website that posts uh, jobs for chefs. Uh, I applied online, actually, to the White Elephant Hotel as a sous chef. I had a response, and um, they flew me down from Toronto uh, to the island in January, which was a little eye-opening. It was very cold and very desolate. Uh, I had to do a a cooking test for a group of people, um, managers and uh, sommeliers and um, people that worked out at the Wall Winnet as well, uh, out of my chef's house at that time. a little stressful, but I made it through. Um, a cold night by yourself cooking for all those people that you just met. Yeah, I mean, to be perfectly honest, there's some doubts there. I thought that maybe I might just throw in the towel and, you know, I'll never see these people again. <laughs> and I'll just go back home to Toronto and say I never got the job. But once I got past my initial nervousness, things seemed to go well. And then um, I hung out for an extra day or two on the island and went back home. And uh, they told me that I had the job the next day. So I came down the the following season. Um, from there, my chef... I'm sorry, and how long ago was that? That was in 2001. Okay. Um, and I think it was 2002 or three. my chef uh, ended up leaving for another position. So uh, I was promoted to uh, co-head chef and then eventually executive chef, and I was there for about eight years. So. Oh, wow. So you've seen the wine festivals. You've seen Definitely. a lot, a yeah. lot happen there. Definitely. Um and from there, I kind of went uh, to Bartlett Farm, actually, to run the market. I did that for a little while. And then I went to Queequeg's and reopened that and opened town, ran both of those restaurants simultaneously until I came to the farm. So. And you mentioned that those restaurants are actually connected under They are. There's, uh, both, both kitchens are in the basement, and they're joined by a doorway. So there were some nights where it was... Uh, pretty hairy running back and forth between the two but um but you could physically be in two places at once <laughs> i could yes yeah it was it was a great experience wow that's yeah. great those are two great restaurants downtown um if you haven't been there they're they're small and quaint and the food is delicious there very much so great and so now you're at bartlett's farm and you're working in a bigger kitchen uh, more daytime hours prepared foods to go tell us about that experience there well it's definitely an eye-opener when 
I first got to the farm because as a chef, you're kind of expecting, you know, people to eat your food pretty much right away right. when you're plating it. Um, but with prepared foods, it was definitely a learning curve. There were several dishes that I thought, okay, this will be great. This will be awesome in the case. And then you look at it like an hour later and you're like, hmm, not so much. I need to kind of switch that up. Uh-huh. One thing was, you know, dressing a salad with balsamic vinegar. Right. Um, not so much in a case. Not so much. Not, uh, people eat with their eyes. So quickly found out that white balsamic um, was a great thing to kind of substitute with that. It's yeah. a little lighter, a little sweeter, and uh, it doesn't look so uh, muddy. Yes, and it's <laughs> yeah. delicious. It has a little sweetness to it. Sometimes balsamic is a little too sour and acidic sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And so you recently, um, you've been growing a family. Yes. I, uh, Lila, my daughter, is will be uh, two and a half in July. Um, so that was definitely a transition as well. Um, but the, the thing that I really enjoy about the farm, other than the staff and the family themselves and working there, is the opportunity to have time with my daughter, which, um, you know, if I was still... At some of my other jobs, I probably would not see her very much. Right. So, and uh, and and Neil's wife is the lovely Miss Jennifer Hudson, <laughs> and yeah. she uh, was my former boss and works up at the Wall Winnet at Toppers and does an excellent job up there. So, say hi to Jen. Hi, Jen. She's still my boss. Just now, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, being a, a dad and having this job, has, has your perspective on food changed? Coming from. A family of seven. My mom was a stay-at-home mom for the, a long time until we were, you know, capable of being on our own. But I think back to those days, her making breakfast, lunch, and dinner for seven people. That's a full-time job, and I still don't know how she did it. But that's Maybe. basically where, you know, I found my love of cooking was really cooking with my mom and my dad. Um, but I, I know that it must be very challenging uh, this day and age where there's a lot of people that need two incomes to survive. And then where do you have the time to make sure that you are preparing nutritious right. homemade meals as opposed to processed foods for your children? So I, it's definitely challenging. So Yeah, and I feel like that is what we kind of talked about a lot when we first met was uh, that transition of trying to get great healthy food quickly, which is kind of a, a new trend happening now, I think, in the in the food world. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean... I think that you know there's a lot more emphasis on nutrition and eating well uh, these days as there was in the past, I guess. Right. So. And if you're just tuning in, uh, we are with Chef Neil Hudson from Bartlett's Farm, and he's in the studio today, and we are about to prepare a small dish that we have been wanting to do for the first time here in the studio. And before we begin, I do want to ask, a lot of chefs get this question, but what do you love to eat as a chef? You know... I really like ethnic food. I A lot of people think that I'm at home eating foie gras and caviar, and that's just not the case. <laughs> um, I really love uh, West Indian food, Indian food, uh, anything kind of ethnic and spicy, I really, really enjoy. And when I was in Toronto, I was actually a waiter at a restaurant called Calabash Cove, and it was a, a West Indian restaurant, all Caribbean food. And I was there for probably about three months, and then I quit the front of the house and went into the back of the house just to learn how to make all of those dishes. Oh, wow. Um, you know, curry chicken, oxtail, goat, all of those things. Oh, so, my gosh. Um, what great recipes to have up your sleeve. Yeah, it's very surprising at work sometimes if you kind of bust them out. And uh, <laughs> we have a, a Jamaican contingent at the farm, and they're always kind of pleasantly surprised that it's 
good or edible. So um, speaking of great. making oxtail, Jamaican food, it's great. Yeah. And also, I we talked about you being the chef in the back of the house at Bartlett's Farm, and obviously the seasonality of it probably is very demanding. And with your training and new people coming in every year, what does it mean to be a chef for you there? That's a great question. I I um, you know number one, you have to have some sort of cooking chops or talent. Um, but you also have to be a businessman. Mm-hmm. Um, it's culinary arts, but it's the restaurant business or a food service business mm-hmm. uh, that we're in. So I find that if you take care of the pennies, the dollars will take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big part of it. Um, but I think the biggest that's part of financial it... financial advice yeah. <laughs> in general. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think the, the most challenging part is managing the staff. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have over 30 people under you, everyone's different. Everyone needs a little something more or less. Some people respond well to, you know, coaching mm-hmm. and other people you need to kind of, you know, lay down the law a, li- a little bit. But, mm-hmm. And others um, you just leave alone. And others you just leave alone. <laughs> um, but I, I have a an amazing uh, staff out there. But I think that's one of the, one of the big parts. And I think that you have to be a leader and there everyone needs something different from you and um you can you know get a hundred percent out of your staff but you have they have to feel good about what they're doing at the same time right have the same goal have the same end product in mind it really is teamwork because there's not a single chef that can do it on their own without a team and you could have 10 of the top best chefs in the world all together trying to run a kitchen but if they cannot communicate Mm -hmm. and they cannot work as a team they will fail you know so it's really teamwork and communication that's when it's fun that's when it's fun when When all those things are all the gears are going (laughs) we all know that feeling is exactly what we love about the job absolutely great all right so what are you going to make for us today i think we started this conversation because of all the food that you make there and what you move. So what is your number one seller? That's that's where this started, I think. It'd probably be uh, this raw vegetable salad that has, you know, celery, grapes, cashews, um, broccoli, cauliflower, onions, and that's kind of dressed and put out there, but it's all, all the ingredients are raw. It's almost like a coleslaw sort of thing. But oh, um, sounds great. It, just with all the different textures and the nuts and the grapes, and it just, it's... Sweet, works really well. Country, yeah. savory, everything. Absolutely, yeah. But yeah. I think the the one thing that we talked about as well was, you know, again, having the time to make sure that you're doing something healthy for your family and it doesn't have to be, you know, that hard. And the salad that we're going to make today is just, you know, a simple arugula salad with some extra vegetables. But it's something that you could make really quickly and then add, you know, some grilled shrimp or some grilled chicken breast mm-hmm. or a piece of steak to so you have a protein in your vegetables. So, so it's a good base. Yeah, That's absolutely. Base. Okay, great. And to bring you all up to speed who are just tuning in, this is Camille's Demi Hour on 89.5 Nantucket's NPR station. I'm Camille Broderick. And in the studio today, we have Chef Neil Hudson from Bartlett's Farm. And we're actually putting together a salad here in the studio today. All right, so let's talk about the ingredients we have before us. Okay, well, we have Bartlett Farm tomatoes and Bartlett Farm radishes, some avocado, a shallot and some corn and some Bartlett Farm arugula. So, all right, so we're going to get started here. We have this round table in the studio. We have a cutting board here, and that looks like a truffle shaver. It is, is the truffle shaver, yes. Where are the truffles, chef? Um, they're not here today, but I do have these tasty radishes. So. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll have those. Uh, I just like slicing these 
on the truffle shaver just to get them nice and thin. Um, I like radishes to be nice and thin. It's I find that if they're great big huge honking chunks of radishes. And radishes are great. They're you see them a lot as bar snacks now. People dip them in salt. They were kind of off the radar for a while, but now they're a little bit more popular, would you say? Absolutely. You can also roast them too, which a lot of people don't know, but Ooh. Um, I've tried that before. With olive oil or just plain? Uh, olive oil, you know, salt and pepper, just roast them in the oven um, about 300. And they take probably about 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Um, and they come out great. Yeah, so. Great. And right now you're slicing up some shallots. Yeah, some shallots. Um, you can use red onion as well. I, just, I like to use shallots personally. Um, they're just a little, a little sweeter. I love frying shallots for a little, like a crispy onion. Oh, definitely. And those are great on top of salads as well. So we're going to take the corn off the cob. Now, some people, when they take the corn off the cob, they'll stand the cob up vertically. And if you do that, if you watch, sometimes like the corn will go everywhere. But if you it just it, went everywhere. It, it went all over the it went all over the table. I'll clean that up. Um, but if you lay it down and just kind of square the corn on the cob off. And then you, it kind of lays down for you. You can kind of have easy, easy access to pick it up. Beautiful. So for those who are just are trying to visualize this, you're using the corn with its um, with the angles to your advantage. And you put it on the board and you're cutting downwards. Correct. So you just want to kind of square it off. So cut down, make it, make the corn of the cob, and instead of it being round, make it square. And exactly. all the corn will come off. And then we're going to take your avocado. And Which is the, the the one slice around the entire circumference of right. the of the avocado. Twist it open. Twist. Use your knife, dab it into that seed, twist it out. Beautiful. I can never grab the seed. It's always so slippery. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is there a trick on that? A rag. A, a rag. rag. A rag helps. There you go. Um, and take this avocado out. There we are. We just scooped out. That's a beautiful avocado. It is. That's nice. Um, and then I just... You know, probably give it about, for each half, about 12 slices. And just drop that into the bowl. We have a mixing bowl, which now we have the sliced shallots, the thinly madeleine radishes, the fresh corn on the cob, and uh, avocado. And now we're slicing into a tomato, and he's coring out the tomato first. That's right. We're just cut that in half. And, you know, some people will want chunks or wedges. I like to to do small wedges so core the tomato cut it in half flat side down and just bring your knife uh, from the front to the back towards you and you have nice beautiful tomato slices and we're also using um, Maldon salt today so it's a little different than kosher salt it's more like a salt flake mm -hmm. which I really enjoy in salads as well it's just a little lighter it's not so intense yeah and texturally absolutely and one thing that I like to have in my house personally, sometimes in the wintertime it's hard to get, you know, really great basil, mm -hmm. which I'd like to add to the salad as well. So when we have it at the farm, I'll use that. Um, but I like to have basil oil in my house because if you don't have basil, it's a great addition to a salad. And you have that great basil flavor, which is actually going to last longer recovered than, you know, basil would last in your refrigerator. So that's why I like to use that as well. I've heard actually this season that basil has been having difficulty growing. Have you heard anything about that? Um, I think there's a, a moss that uh, basil tends to get sometimes, uh, which can affect the crop for sure. Um, right now, I, I do believe that we have basil at, at the farm, great. which is great. And again, uh, white balsamic, um, a little lighter, a little sweeter. 
And, you know, traditionally, vinaigrettes are like a three-to-one ratio to oil to acid. I like to kind of, you know, basically season as I go. So I'll add a little bit of oil, add a little bit of balsamic. And then if I need more, you can always add it, but you can't really take it away. So, Right, that's true. So we have the, the corn, the tomatoes, the shallots, the radishes, the avocado, and we have some beautiful arugula. Also known as Rocket. Also known as Rocket. That's right. I think that's a great name. So I just wanted to. <laughs> you see that on menus in Europe a lot, I feel, right? Rocket, or is it? I don't even know if what language it is, but. I think it all depends on the chef, too. You know, what he's been exposed to. So we're going to add a little bit of the flaked Maldon salt and some fresh cracked black pepper. And then we're just going to give this a toss and uh, we'll go to the plate. So. This just looks so good. And again, this is something that, you know, this hasn't taken us very long at all. And if you have your barbecue let, you could, you know, grill some shrimp and add that on or chicken breast or, you know, steak. And so when, when you're pre-prepping for your dinner or lunch, you can do this without the dressing and then obviously add it in towards the end yeah. so it's not, um, it doesn't wilt or anything. Exactly. Exactly. So give that a toss to taste the leaf. The tester. Mm-hmm. The test leaf. The test leaf. I think it's dressed perfectly and seasoned perfectly, but you. Well, who? I'll be the judge. I think you're the pro. I'm sure it is perfect on the first go. Okay, so a nice little amount of this on your plate. And sometimes when you do a salad like this, all the goodies go to the bottom, so you want to kind of make sure you get everything on. Yeah, you don't want to cheat. You don't want to cheat yourself after you've made it for yourself. Right. Exactly. Okay. So beautiful. You have almost every color of the rainbow except uh, orange. <laughs> yeah, the radishes are purple, um, which we have at the farm. The tomatoes, the corn, yeah. shallots, the arugula. So, and blue, I guess, in blue. But the purple almost looks blue. Yeah. All right. So All right. So I, um, I think we should give it a try. Mm. So try and get the perfect bite. The per- exactly. I'm trying. I'm trying to get a little bit of everything here. Mm. Wow, that is perfect. And that basil, basil just makes it taste so fresh and seasonal. And then you have the creaminess of the avocado, a little zing from the shallot along with the balsamic. It just kind of keeps going in flavor, but all just fresh flavors just popping out. Yeah, everything everything ties together. I'm really glad we made this because I'm hungry. So <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Perfect. Well, it's funny because when we spoke about food, we were sharing our favorites. And what I found interesting was that you said to me that a lot of people talk about food in the negative. As in, we don't say how much what we love as much as what we don't like and how, oh, that's too much of this or it didn't taste like this. And it's actually true. We really kind of express the quality of a ingredient or of a dish by saying how perfect it was compared to things that it's not. Exactly. And I think it's the same goes with wine as well. You know, you're really looking for balance, something that doesn't stand out in a, in a negative way. So. And that's a good way to communicate it and to teach people. If you're a chef and you want to explain something, how it's, something's made, it said it should be like this and not like that. Right. But I did find that interesting because when we talk about food, it's different when you're in the kitchen than when you're necessarily just saying, oh, I love this and I love that. So I just thought that was an interesting point when you had said that sometimes we talk about food in the negative. Yeah, absolutely. So you have a beautiful case at, at the farm and you have a, several different salads, 
Um, what's moving a lot? What do you feel like that you're always prepping? Well, definitely the raw salad, uh, kale salad for sure. We make a buffalo chicken salad, which is um, wonderful. Everyone seems to enjoy that. But it, it really kind of kicks off when we get our own produce in and we're doing you know our own tomato salads with olives or red onion or cucumber. It really kind of kicks off when when we start the produce starts coming in from the from the greenhouse and from the field. When you make a salad with cucumber, how do you control the water content? Um, basically, when they, by the time the cucumbers come in, we're so busy, we could make just moves. twenty pounds of a cucumber tomato salad and it'll be gone, oh, you know, in an hour or so. So it, it doesn't really affect us that much um, out, of, out of the case. And you also said something so pretty, too, that I'm still thinking about is that when you get the produce from the farm and to work with it, it's still warm from the sun. Oftentimes, it's when it comes in, it's still warm from the sun, which is great. And it's, it's one of those things where, as a chef, it's a real privilege to be out there because the, you know that this produce has come from a couple hundred yards away and there's so many people involved right. in growing it and taking care of it. And then getting to us, and then we're kind of taking care of it and turning it into something uh, beautiful for someone someone else to eat. So I think you're very lucky to work with people who all care so much about the product and then the people who are buying it, too. You've kind of got the best of all worlds there. The Bartlett's are very, very passionate about what they do, and they know what they're doing, and they're really good at it. Yeah. I just, the, the produce is amazing. Is there anything that you want to share with uh, the Nantucket world out there before you depart our studio? Try making some salads and adding some some fish or some protein. and It's not that hard, and it could be really quick and really easy and fun. Well, so. it sure was, and it was so easy. And the salad I'm still enjoying, which was so simple, just shallot, radish, tomato, avocado, arugula, and corn with a little basil oil and white balsamic. It was just absolutely delicious on a perfect Saturday. Thank you for having me. Thank you. We look forward to seeing you at Bartlett's. Okay. Take care. You too. And you are listening to Camille's Demi Hour. This is Camille Broderick. And thank you so much for listening today. This was a really fun show to be actually prepping and cooking in the studio. And also, we have a lot more great shows coming up this summer for all of you who are visiting the island. So definitely stay tuned. And one little quick philosophy we have here is to drink and eat responsibly. And what does that mean? Well... You want to sip and savor and taste and ponder. Food and wine are magical and powerful things, so a little bit can go a long way. So cheers and enjoy. Till next week. No time for dream.